0: You are listening to Friends of the Earth Europe's show at Leo World Radio.
1: What's going on in the over 30 national member groups of Friends of the Earth Europe? We're the European branch of the world's largest grassroots environmental and social justice network, Friends of the Earth International. I'm Paul, and today, after a, an impromptu and extended summer hiatus, we're coming to you from the single biggest contributor to climate change in Europe, the brown coal fields of the Rhineland in the west of Germany. It's been a particularly grim few weeks for climate news. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change released its latest report showing that we have just 12 years to transition away from every single fossil fuel on Earth in order to remain within a relatively safe 1.5 degrees of global temperature rise. If you want to find a way out of this mess, the answer lies with the people who are doing the most to keep fossil fuels on the ground. These are the local grassroots movements that are putting their bodies on the line to resist fossil fuel infrastructure, and the people and the movements who support them. So this episode, we're headed to Hambacher, a lush stretch of ancient forest on the brink of one of the largest open pit coal mines in Europe.
0: Yes, hello, hi, my name is anne kathrin Schneider and I'm with Friends of the Earth Germany, with Bund, how we call ourselves here, and I've been friends of the US Germany for almost eight years now and my focus is on international climate work but once in a while I can't stop myself doing some national climate work as well.
1: Cool thanks and it's been a big month for national climate work in Germany I mean the story the Hambacher Forest has been making headlines internationally Um, and I was wondering if you could Maybe give us a bit of an overview of the the sheer scale of what the situation around mining brown coal around the Rhine now looks like.
0: Maybe last week has been one of the most exciting weeks in the in our work on climate and especially against coal here in Germany. We have worked. We as BUND as Friends of the Earth Germany have worked together with our regional group in North Rhine-Westphalia, where the Hambacher Forest is located. Have worked against coal for many many years. Already 20 years ago, we bought a plot of land land to save it from open pit mining, like the Hambacher Forest is a bit of a forest, is a, is a woodland that's very close to an open pit mine in North Wayne, Westphalia. The coal that is digged from that mine is taken. For example, it's being burned in the Neurath coal plant, which is close by and the Neurath coal plant is the dirtiest coal plant in Germany and the second dirtiest coal plant in all over Europe. To it produces 30 million tons of CO2 annually. So this, this plot of land that we bought and actually the whole forest the Hambacher forest which used to be much bigger used to be a forest of 4,000 acres it's now only a little bit of that pristine forest remains about 800 acres remains so RWE who started digging for coal and mining coal in the region um, in 1978 so now exactly 40 years ago they've we mm-hmm dug out a lot of coal from that mine, and there's two, three coal plants, and the dirtiest coal plants in the region. And actually, last year, in the context of the climate conference in in Bonn last year, we for the first time succeeded to make this a national issue, and we were able to show the open coal open pit mines to international media, for example, and to also to make to beg people understand nationally and internationally to make people understand that we are not just the energy vendor country where we have beautiful wind and solar but we still have open pit coal mines and that people are still to this day being displaced out of towns and villages around the mine
1: sure and you mentioned that uh these well you mentioned two things one the these are open pit mines uh mining lignite the dirtiest coal so you mentioned that the coal plant, that these um, open pit mines power is the second most polluting in Europe. And that's mostly because of the size of these mines, which exist on an almost unimaginable scale. I mean, I've stood in one and it's, it's like you're walking on the moon. The horizon is it's just a continuous uh, level of mined brown coal. It, it's horrifying. If you look on Google Earth. Um, a little bit uh, west of Cologne in the, in the Rhineland, you can see them there. I mean, they're essentially the size of the city. They're a frightening thing to look at. And so you mentioned RWE there as well. So they're the German energy company involved. So they're one of the characters in this story. They're they're plugging to we cut down the forest to expand the mine to keep mining for coal. And I wonder if you could introduce us to some of the other characters in the story. I imagine there's the local population, there's the wider German climate movement, potentially the government as well. Who's involved in this story?
0: So the interesting thing is on the one hand we have RWE and the local government, the regional government, and of course also the national government. And on the one, on the other hand, we have the forest that was kind of the main character as the story evolved over the last two or three weeks. But also we have a lot of people that live in the region and people that were displaced already and people that are going to be displaced if RWE, if we don't win another, another success against RWE. There's still people, there's villages and towns. For example, there's a village of 500 people that is set to be demolished in the next couple of years there's currently a town of 1,700 people in the area very close to the mine that is being resettled at the moment. So it's really a lot of people who live in the region and, and who live in small villages and ancient villages, small towns in the region that have been displaced because of the mining and that are being displaced as we speak and that will be displaced. And that is a part of the story that, of course, nobody really wants to talk about in Germany. In Germany, there's this image that when you talk about displacement, you talk maybe about large dams, the construction of large dams in India, China, Brazil. But that displacement still happening for large energy projects in Germany. But this is actually the case. So we have some interesting photo projects now, for example, of people who have taken photographs of these villages that are being destroyed, of these people that had to move and were displaced for the mines. And on the other hand, it was really interesting now in the, in the last couple of weeks where more and more people in society at large supported the forest and supported the protection of the forest. Like we, together with the large part of the population in the area, but really a large part of the German population, we were kind of setting ourselves up against RWE and the regional government because the regional government was really backing RWE and RWE said we have to clear the next part of the forest. And really when you look at the forest, when you compare it to older images of the forest, The forest used to be much, much bigger, like five, six times bigger than it is today. But still, of course, our mission and the mission of a lot of people in the region is protect as much forest as possible. But then it was really interesting to see and that it was really bizarre to see how RWE was so adamant about clearing and cutting down the last part of the forest and how it was totally supported by the regional government and the regional government that was before the crisis of the Hambacher Forest, they weren't known all over Germany to be this very climate, not climate skeptic or like a government that was not interested in climate. But since then, like people were really asking themselves, why did they support RWE so much? Why did they support the clearing of the forest? So actually in this conflict, in this crisis, they have Come to be seen as um, as much a climate destroyer as RWE itself. And the national government in Germany, like as you know, we have this coal commission at the moment where ourselves like Bund, like representatives of Bund, are taking part and also representatives of local government, national government, and then of industry and they sit together and they are meant to come out with a with a plan for a phase out of coal in Germany and also with an end date to coal in Germany and we have brought this issue of the Hambacher force to the commission and saying hey this is, a, this is the most important decision to be made at the moment about coal mining in Germany and you can't have on the one hand in Berlin a commission deciding about the, the phase out of coal and how to structure a phase out of coal while at the same time you have a, a company clearing a forest for the mining of coal. But sadly the government, the national government has always like um, refrained from being pulled into the conflict and it's always said no this is not our issue it's, it's RWE and um, has to decide and it's not upon us to decide.
1: And so in the face of this inaction from the government and forceful manoeuvring by RWE who, who seem hell-bent on chopping down the forest and expanding the mine, there's been a group of activists and local citizens who, as I understand it, have occupied the forest for the last six years.
0: Yeah. So what's really interesting is that, as you say, like there's a group of or a large group of people from the region and mostly younger people and not all of them from the region. And not all of them organized in some environmental groups, but really people who came together to live in the forest. And some of them have lived in the forest and built their tree houses, like started to build the tree houses five, six years ago and and until really until like maybe two months ago, like nobody outside of the region knew about these people, these activists living in the in the trees to protect the forest. Like of course we had close relations to them. Like our regional group was in was in contact with them. But then outside of outside of the region and outside of the environmental scene there weren't many people who knew about them. And the interesting thing was really that like as people were reading and hearing more and more about the conflict in the Hambaha forest in the media, people heard more and more stories about these activists living in the forest, living in free houses for many years to protect the forest. So there was a there was a huge wave of solidarity with the activists living in the forest and there was an, an outcry in in German society at large about not being able to understand that a company wants to clear the forest to cut down the trees to remove these people who've lived in the forest for so many years to make place for in order to be able to enlarge their coal mines and it's not just the forest it is, of course, not just about the people living in tree houses in the forest and having lived there for many years. But, of course, it's also about the natural beauty and, and the integrity of the forest. Like the forest is home to some very rare animals and species. It has more than 140 bird species are in the forest and we have many bats i think 10 different species of bats are living in the forest so it's really a unique forest a very old and unique forest and therefore it's really it was able to crystallize not only people who sympathize with the climate activists but also people who just wanted to protect the forest because it's such a rare ecosystem that should be protected.
1: This conflict between RWE and the local community and the climate movement seems to reach ahead in September when the police, as I understand it, started to uh, clear the camp.
0: Yes, that's correct. So people, The police in North Rhine-Westphalia was working very closely with RWE and they started to, um, to remove people from the from the tree houses and they were actually successful and were a, and destroyed a lot, destroyed most of the tree houses that people were living in and most of the people are I think at one point like nobody was left in the forest but that was just a couple of days before We, Bund, Bund, Friends of the Earth Germany, we were successful and won our lawsuit, so then after that the police had to retreat from the forest and also the occupation from the forest like continually I would say people started to rebuild houses in other parts of the forest. So. Uh, actually removing all activists from the forest was maybe only successful for for a time span of two or three days because people then re-entered the forest and built new tree houses
1: right exactly and you meant that you mentioned that as a result of the the court case that you put now this essentially has stopped our in their tracks for at least another well at least another year or so we imagine can you explain how this happened
0: Yes, so already many years ago we filed a lawsuit against the permit, RWE's permit for the continuation of the mine and we filed a lawsuit because of the violation against EU environmental law, we of course with the help of biologists and experts, ecosystem experts and experts in the region, we made a case to say that this is uh a special habitat of birds and other animals that should be protected because of the animals living there and also because of the, the species of um, trees that are there. I think it's especially some rare oaks and horn beans that are only found or especially found in that forest. So on these grounds we ask the courts in Germany to not increase the coal mine and to um to not um and said that the viola- that the permit given to RWE to clear that part of the forest is a violation against european environmental law yeah, oh, sorry, I have to. I have to add that yeah. the case is not already like the case, We haven't won the case yet fully, so the area is not declared as a as an endangered habitat. But the courts have decided last week. The courts have decided or ten days ago. The courts have decided that at the moment the permit to clear the forest to RWE cannot be granted because it is a possibility that the region or the forest will be declared a protected habitat. Oh,
1: fantastic. This is a huge win um, and gives you time, I imagine, to prepare for the the next stage of the campaign over the next uh, year or so. And so coming out of this, um we'll the forest. Uh, I mean, what does this victory mean for the future of your climate campaigning in Germany? And what does it also mean for the political developments in the coal commission?
0: So this success was really one of the biggest successes for Friends of the Earth Germany. And we have a history of more than 40 years of campaigning and also successful campaigning in different areas and biodiversity and climate and chemicals and lots of different areas in Germany. So this is really one of the biggest successes of our history. And it is to us that it it's so special because um, it's a campaign that both has a biodiversity angle and the climate angle and also the court case. Has- been won on these two grounds like on the one hand the court said that because of the of the um, special nature of the animals and of the trees in the forest the forest could be declared in a, an endangered habitat and therefore should not be cleared and secondly the the courts also said that it is not imperative for RWE to burn more coal so I can Understand and foresee that for the courts in the future, even just the, the the issue of burning coal in Germany could be seen and debated in a whole different way because it wasn't seen as an as a necessity for the energy system in Germany that we need to continue to um, to burn um, lignite here in Germany. So it can have wider and far-reaching implications for the climate movement in Germany and the um, the coincidence was that one of the biggest marches, climate marches that we have organized ever here in Germany, or the biggest that we have ever organized, took place in the Hambacher Forest the day after and the court case was decided so that was a big show of force of the climate movement here in germany and also the climate movement i would say that we as friends of the earth germany we have been very strong in mobilizing people and creating an an anti-nuclear movement like 30 years ago here in germany but in the last maybe five years, eight, ten, eight to five years, we've tried to to build and nurture the climate movement, and it has not always been easy because the issue has been perceived by many as so far away and so, so abstract and not concrete enough. And now with this, we have for the first time found a very concrete location and a very concrete case where I would say the majority of the population in Germany has understood what the protection of the climate and fighting coal is really about. So I would say even in in polls we have done and others have done afterwards, like we have seen that in the region and in Germany as a whole, like the awareness for, Climate change and the awareness for the need of a coal phase out has greatly increased through the Hambacher Force crisis. And so I'm, I'm really hopeful that like decision makers, um, will have to decide on the, on the energy mix in Germany very differently from now. And of course, we also hope that, um, the decisions in the coal commission will differently after this after our our success in the Hambacher Force and also I would say for the reputation of environmental movements, the climate movement and Environmental groups, including Friends of the Earth and also Greenpeace, it's been it's been very important. And I think we can, in negotiations with the government on stricter climate laws and on the coal phase out, we will be in a much better position, much stronger position now after Hamburg Force than we were before.
1: Thanks for listening, and to keep up to date with our networks' campaigns. Follow Friends of the Earth Europe on Facebook and Twitter and visit our website at foeeurope.org. Get involved with the Friends of the Earth group near you by going to foeeurope.org/network. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you download podcasts, and follow radio stories from around the Friends of the Earth International Network at radiomondoreal.fm. See you next time.
0: This was Friends of the Earth Europe and Rio Radio.